So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 77. Wow, that's a lot. For October 23rd, 2016, I am Nathan Reaton Spruth, and joining me this week is Jerry Parallax Abstraction Corcoran. Yo. And uh, so so let's go through the games we've been playing. What game have you been playing this week? Uh, so this week I didn't get to play a, a lot because I've been doing a lot of extra life planning and that I've mostly been playing Forza Horizon 3, which I've still put a lot of time into still really enjoying that. Um, though the latest patch for the PC version has made it so that I can't stay online for more than, or, or in an online game for more than about five minutes before I get a crash to desktop, which is fun. But, uh, the single player still works good. Uh, and I played some Gears of, uh, Gears of War 4 with a friend of mine this week. He's, uh, his kid has been sick, so he hasn't had a lot of time, but we've played some of that. So far, it's quite good. Uh, but I haven't played enough to really form an opinion of it, and, uh, I am in the process of editing together uh, my series, uh, or the the fourth part of my series on the 2015 edition of King's Quest. Episode four came out actually a while ago, but I got so busy, I just got around to recording it uh, this weekend. And, uh, well, people can see the series if they want. It was, <laughs> I had a whole bunch of technical issues that I bitched about on Twitter, um, and, uh, well... I'll just say that, uh, yeah, the, I, I think the series has been pretty weak, except for the first episode, and this is no exception. I'll just put oh, okay. it that way. <laughs> it's and, a lot of, it's a good storytelling, but the game is not good. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I like the King's Quest games, but I could never do them because I'm retarded when it comes to adventure puzzles. And yeah, the, the, this was the, their attempt to modernize it. I, I'll do a full review of it once the, the the I'm done the whole series. Theoretically, the last episode is supposed to come out as soon as December, I think they said. But uh, basically, they tried to modernize it, and they could have done it well. But the first episode was really promising. But I think it's pretty clear the developer either overspent their time or their budget, because every episode since has been very, very weak on the gameplay front. But the, the story it's telling is actually pretty pretty cool and i think it kind of lives up to the legacy of king's quest well that's good i yeah. have you been playing anything else no that's pretty much the bulk of it for this week so the bulk of mine was mainly i've been playing halo um i saw that i'm uh, it's surprising how good i still am at halo but there's still a good community for halo 5 yeah there's quite a bit of people in there so good um but yeah, I, I like, more of that. like I'm not great at the game by any means, but I'm I like to think I'm better than average. So that's that's mm -hmm. nice. That's nice that I can jump in after a year and still be decent at the game. That's true. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, I really haven't been playing very much because on Thursday I drove up to Portland, went to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo where I did oh, play. I, I did play some games there. Um. They had a 
just a line of Xboxes hooked up, all linked together, and uh, with Battlefront 2 on them. So we did some System Link oh. Battlefront 2. Cool. We played some Halo, uh, the original Halo. Yeah, I guess so. These are OG Xboxes. Yeah, yeah, the original Xboxes. Uh, okay. You know, I played some arcade games, walked around. Everything was free play. Uh, they also have, uh, I think, 170 vendors this year where they were just selling, you know, random games and stuff. I honestly didn't buy very many games or anything because mm. it's just like everything was too exp- Everything I want was too expensive there. And mm. they might have been asking reasonable prices, but it just seemed like they they went up from last year quite a bit. Like games mm. that I, I bought last year for $6 were now $10 and stuff like that. Okay. So, um, Some of that I find when I've sort of been following loosely the, the retro collecting scene and that it does seem that prices in general are starting to go up a bit more because a lot of this stuff is now old enough that there is more scarcity than there used to be. Right. But, um, you know, yeah. I, tr- I tried to find turbo graphics games, but even the even the sports games were over $10. So... Oof. I was just like, oh, yeah, I can't, I, I can't pull that. I, it's, it's too much money. Yeah. But I did, I did buy a couple things like Ocarina of Time. My friend wanted, so I got that for him. Uh, I got a CD that some guy had uh, made, made there, and I also got to hang out with a couple of my friends that I made last year. Um, oh, cool! So I got to hang out with a square painter, uh, his girlfriend Tiny Ninja, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, their friend Earl Gray the Third, who is the only person who listens to the podcast uh, from iTunes. Oh well, yeah. thanks for that. Cheers. <laughs> so if if he hears that, you can uh, you know feel nice because we did we did mention it before that we have one person that listens on that has mm-hmm. a subscription on iTunes, and <laughs> he was like, "That's me." Uh, so, oh, cheers. <laughs> yeah, so that's nice. So I know yeah. with them. Uh, I, I actually gave them, so, uh, I talked to them on Twitter and mm-hmm. the Nina, the, the girl, the square painter's girlfriend had, she does a stream and she said, she'll be like, Hey, you know, what game should I play? And she'll have like a list of three. And I kept telling her to play metal dungeon cause the game is awful. Uh huh. And she's like, well, donate $50. And I will play through the all of that, and I was like, "You, I, I will make that happen." And she's like, "But <laughs> she's like, but I don't own the game, nor do I have an ex- original Xbox." And I'm like, "I can make this happen. Like, huh. I, I, am willing to go desperate lengths to torture people to play with play through that <laughs> terrible, terrible game." Nice. And so, uh, a couple months ago, I went down to the thrift store and the old town I used to live in and got two original Xboxes for $10 and I bought metal dungeon. So I, I gifted her with metal dungeon and original Xbox. So now she nice. is going to be forced to play through metal dungeon. And I apologize. She's probably not listening to this, but I apologize. Uh, <laughs> we, we did go uh, angry video game nerd was there this year. Huge cool. line of people, huge line of people. I imagine so. Yeah. Um, we had to stand in line for about an hour and a half before we were able to actually get in to sit down. And, Hmm. uh, it, 
gaming historian was there rue from clan of the gray uh gray wolf ben heck was there and i didn't get to meet him i didn't get to see him i was sad i didn't even know he was going to be there no that's that's cool yeah um and and there was a bunch of other people. game reviews was puttering around there. I would have I would have actively sought him out had I been there. <laughs> I said actually I said hi to him as he walked in. I oh, I nice. saw him as he walked in. I was like, "Hey, I know you." Uh but we didn't get a picture. I did get a picture with Square Painter and uh, there's another one that's on Retroware TV. She doesn't upload a lot of content. Uh Allie mm-hmm. Flanagan, I think her name is. She's oh yeah, okay. She's an Australian girl. And uh yeah. I I got a picture with her and she actually it was weird because i walked up to her i was tweeting her saying that i was looking for her and i walked up and i said hey um i need to get your picture and she's like oh nathan and i was like wait people actually know my real name like (laughs) because i I figure i figure if anyone knows me from online it's gonna be written and so i was i was very confused but she was super nice um, so got a couple pictures with her, got pictures with Square Painter. Uh, it was a great time. And if you have, I mean, if you want to, uh, next year, if you have the chance to come down room with my friend Ricky and me, we'll get a Airbnb and stay there for a couple nights. Yeah. I mean, I, if I could make it line up, I'd absolutely love to. Cause yeah, I mean, shows like that are, are my jam. I, uh, I would absolutely love that. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I, maybe I can make it go. I'll definitely see what I can do. Do you have a passport already? I do. It needs to be renewed, but, uh, I'm going to be doing that pretty soon anyway. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, the only problem would be the flight would cost a lot of money, but if yeah. you, the Airbnb, I think it was $181 or Something $182 for two nights. So Okay. And That's it was, not so bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And it was a about ten minute drive away from the convention center, so Okay. Yeah, so if and you know, if if you don't mind sharing an Airbnb with my friend Ricky and me, so eh. uh but anyway, let us so there was one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Actually we were talking about it before here. I was going to move mm-hmm. on to the stories, but then I quickly segued back. Uh, there was a 128D that was there for $150. Yeah. Uh, I tried so hard. I, I, I held strong, but boy, was that a tough one for me. Um, so, yeah, basically... For the, I mean, for those who don't know, like I am big into to retro stuff. That's kind of though I've been lacking it lately. That's what one of my shows is on uh, on YouTube, and uh, I've been. Um, I used to be a big collector, but a number of years ago, when I got myself in too deep a rabbit, a financial rabbit hole, I sold that collection. And you the dumbass. one thing I've wanted, yeah, I know, I know. I and I, I wish I hadn't because it's worth a lot more. It would have been worth a lot more now, but uh, but basically, I wanted to. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to, to do again, which was I wanted to get myself a fully functioning Commodore computer because that was one of the key ones I grew up with and that I really, really loved. So the 128D is kind of the ideal one. Like there was the Commodore 64, which is the one that most people know. There was the Commodore 128, which was its successor that wasn't very popular, uh, but had some cool stuff on it. And then there was also the, uh, the one, the 128D was basically kind of like an all in one version where it had the computer and a disk drive built into it. It's kind of a nice little uh, all-in-one system. And I have one of those that I got from uh, a stock at an old school that my mom used to work at. 
And uh, I have one and I bought a really fantastic condition monitor for it uh, from someone in Toronto. And it was great. The only problem is, is I don't know where the keyboard went because the 128D had a standalone keyboard that you plugged in. And the problem is the 128D didn't sell very well. So the keyboard is extremely hard to find uh, on its own. And the only I've only seen it come up on eBay a couple of times and they end up getting bid up to like hundreds of dollars. It's stupid. Um, so I asked you while you were there, I was like, Hey, if you find any keyboards for standalone for this thing, let me know. Cause I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pay you to get it for me. And then, yeah, you found a 128D that was in box, which is very hard to find. The box was in good condition. Uh, I guess what you said was that the guy said it might've had a bum power supply. He wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I have a working one already, so I could have bodged that together or probably just found a power supply. And yeah, you wanted 150 US for it which in that condition is probably not a bad thing. But then I was like, but it's 150 US, which is like 180 something Canadian right now. And then I have to get it shipped here, which those things are both big and heavy. So it's going to be expensive. And I was like, oh, I did a really good freelance job this weekend that paid pretty well. But I was like, no, I should do something else with that. And that's what I did, but boy, that was tough. <laughs> Come on, I mean, it, it, think about it. If you came down here next year, you could have picked it up then. Well, and that's the thing, you know, uh, if I do get the chance to go down there next year, because I said that one of the things I would really like to do next year, if I could do it both vacation and money-wise, would be to either go to one of the live weeks of one of the Games Done Quick things or right. one of the big retro shows like California Extreme or that or too many too many games in philadelphia one of those things and uh yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll go down there next year and if i find one i'll i'll get it because i've been looking for a keyboard for this 128d for over a year now and i still haven't managed to find one so yeah, i don't know how i don't even know about the 128d so yeah um, they weren't they they were not uh they were they came out at sort of the end of the 128's life and yeah they didn't they didn't there there are not very many of them in the world but they're uh they're uh they're nice because they're easier to work on, and uh, yeah, they have a disk drive in them, but I also have a 1571 standalone drive that you can still plug into it, um, so it's kind of like my ideal one. If I was going to build this sort of shrine to the this little Commodore shrine that I wanted to do, this is what it was going to be. So, so uh, can, you not, we'll see. can you not find an, a, a keyboard like that will just work with it? Will none of the other... Commodore keyboards work with it, or is it just... Well, the problem is, right, the 64 and the 128, the keyboard was the computer. Right, like, right. It was all it was all one thing, so they don't hook in. To, they don't have any cable that comes out of them uh, to hook into the 128. And the 128D uh, has a very specific, weird this weird mutant monster connector on it uh, that's, that's really weird. And they have their own specialized keyboard layouts because Commodore's had a lot of keys that other machines don't have. So it's not like you could solder in like a PC keyboard into it really and have it work. So it's uh, it's a weird beast. Uh, but this is kind of a thrill of the hunt thing too. That's kind of fun. So I'm I'm hoping at some point. I also I'm even thinking of going so far as maybe emailing one of the guys like Lazy Game Reviews or something who has like 17 of everything. Yeah. And just be like, do you happen to have a spare keyboard around? Because I'll pay you for it. Because he's done that for people before. So. Uh, you know, I figure he might, so I don't know, but, um, one of these days I'll get it done. Like, that's the thing. As far as I know, this thing, I know this thing still works cause I can plug it into the monitor and power it up and, you know, Commodore basic comes up. So I, I know it works. I just can't type anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, there's that problem, but uh, that is an issue. Yes. Hopefully I can get it working. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah. See, uh, yeah. Can... Like I said, I was tempted, but I, I, I held strong. It's, I think it was the smarter thing to do, but God damn it. Probably, probably was the smarter uh, thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to some, some stories that we've got this week. Okay. Uh, I know you Wait. don't have very much time, so. Oh, I'll, I'll be all right. I just have to edit tonight, so I'll I'll be all right for for now. But yeah, this was a big week. <laughs> it was. It not a lot of stuff happened, but very big things happened. Yes. So Great. we have the Voice Actors Guild. It's twenty the uh, October twenty first. They decided they were going to start a Voice Actors Guild strike for video games. Yes. So any like Nolan North. Um, Jennifer Hale, you know, people who are in video games that are part of voice actors guild are going on strike because of working conditions and, um, pay. They basically want to be paid, you know, a certain amount if, if the game sells well, basically. Um, yeah. And yes. So there, there's a, a caveat to that. I would think. Because that happens with movies all the time. You get like a lead actor, like Johnny mm-hmm. Depp or whatever, and they get paid X amount of whatever the movie makes. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not crazy that they want that. So, like, if Nolan North is playing Deadpool in a video game and it sells really, really well, he still gets paid the same amount no matter what. But he could have it in his contract that, you know, if it sells really, really well, he could get like, I don't know, usually it's like 1% to 3% or something like that of of total sales or whatnot. And that could work really well. But, you know, obviously the voice actors who only voice one or two characters in, like that aren't the main character, they shouldn't get something like that, just the main actor of the game. Um, and I know you had some stuff to say about this as well. Well, yeah, so I, I discovered – so I've been following this a little bit, uh, this voice actor strike thing, and, uh, you know, there, there's there been a lot of initial backlash to it, especially from a lot of game developers who, you know, working in the game industry is notoriously brutal. It doesn't pay very well, but it's incredibly demanding, and a lot of them have been going, well, I don't get any bonus when the game sells an incredible amount of money. Why should these guys? And uh, – Steve Bloom, who's a very well-known voice actor in games, he's done a bazillion and one different games. If you heard his voice, you you know immediately who he is. Yeah. Um, he he posted this thing. There's a website called Game Actors for All, uh, and he posted this little seven-minute audio clip there where he talks about what the voice actors are are looking for and trying to justify how it's not just greed, how there are legitimate reasons for this strike and how like their current contract is based on one that was formed like 20 years ago and has never been updated and stuff like that. And uh, if everything he says is true and I, I don't have a reason to believe it isn't, he makes a pretty good case. Um, basically talking about how they want things put in place like they want to have a limit on how long a voice acting session can be when there's strenuous work involved i.e having to scream a lot um because there are voice actors who've like severely damaged their vocal cords and things like that from having to work in strenuous sessions longer than is reasonable right Um, and that's which doesn't seem unfair to me yeah uh and he was talking about something about how as well like what they actually want is they want an extra like 
I think it's like $825 for every 2 million units a game sells up to a maximum cap of 8 million units sold. So basically they want up to an extra like basically a few thousand dollars if a game they happen to be in sells super, super well, like in the millions of units and generates, you know, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. They basically want, uh, you know, a maximum of, of, a, of a couple of grand extra. Uh, and he makes that case in comparison to saying like, you know, there are any of these games out here that have actual celebrity voice actors in them. They're like, you know, people talk about us being greedy, but you would be amazed how much uh, some of these celebrity voice actors get paid and there is no demonstrated evidence to show that having those people actually increases sales. Well, but, I mean, I mean, think about like um, we Fallout 3 and mm -hmm. uh, Oblivion. So Fallout 3 had Liam Neeson. How much money do you think it costs to have Liam Neeson or with Oblivion have Patrick Stewart for 10 minutes? Yeah, hundreds of, yeah, tens of thousands, if not more than that. And yeah, like, or uh, like they had uh, the first uh, Dishonored had, God, it had like three or four celebrities in it. It had John Slattery from Mad Men in it. It had, and he did it not a very good job either. Right. And or, he, he basically Steve Bloom was saying these actors get paid hundreds of times more than any of the voice actors do. And most of them one don't add to a game sales and two most actual actors are lousy voice actors because they're two very different trades. The wizards um, came from above. Exactly. That wizard came from the moon. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. You know, yeah, like how much did friggin' uh, what's his name get Peter paid Dinklage, to do that horrible yeah. droning voice in Destiny, you know? I mean, things like that. Anyway, you, it, I recommend listening to this, but it kind of puts it in perspective and honestly, if everything he says in that audio is true, then I don't think they're being greedy at all, to be honest with you. Uh, no, no, and, I th and, I think that if that's yeah. what they're asking for, that's that's pretty decent to actually yeah. ask for that. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend giving it a listen just before you you decide that this is this is all about greed. And I, I have to admit, if I was a game developer, if I was a game developer working 19,000 hours a day to make some AAA game, you know, where I will probably get laid off at the end of the project and not get any extra money if it does well. I agree that's a, I agree that's an issue, but he actually addresses that there, too. And he basically talks about, yeah, that's kind of BS, but you know, they, that's a fight they should be mounting as well. And they kind of aren't. So it's, yeah, uh, it's, anyway, it's interesting when you look at you're not looking at an injustice and saying, well, my injustice is more than yours. That's not a good argument. It's, it's kind of like the same argument people have with, um, with marijuana legalization. Now I, I don't, I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't care if marijuana is legal or not. Like, mm -hmm. I think it should be legal and taxed, but mm -hmm. I, if the state decides to make it illegal, I'm not going to get up in arms. I don't smoke it, so I don't care. But right. a lot of people's arguments with for making lead weed legal, lead weagle, lead weagle, man, lead weagle. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of it is. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, alcohol is legal and it causes so many deaths a year and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, that's that's a good point to make alcohol illegal. That is not a point to make weed legal. No. So that's the same thing. It's like that's a good point 
to you know work on your conditions and what the guarantees that you have in your contracts that's not a reason to not let them do their own contracts or or try to improve their lives yeah like the the voice actors are are fortunate enough to be part of sag aftra and to have a union behind them you know game developers are not but maybe that's Hard as it is to do, especially in this day and age, maybe that's something they should try to do if they feel there is a lack of of equity for employees in the games industry. And based on what I've read, I would tend to agree there is. But yeah, like you can't. The solution to that is to, like you said, is to is to figure out a way to solve your own problem, not to point at other people and go, well, you don't get to have a problem because I have it, too. Like, yeah. And, and I've seen the conditions that they work in. Um, if there's a. A documentary that was on um, Netflix, but I don't know if it's there anymore. It's called I Know That Voice. Oh. And it's it talks about not just voice acting in video games, but also voice acting with on TV. And they're stuck mm-hmm. in this not that it has to be soundproof. So it's not air conditioned or anything. And they're stuck mm-hmm. in this box for three or four hours at a time. And... You know, they've had people pass out because of how hot it gets in there and how much strain it puts on your body just to be in that room. So maybe even just like every hour you get a 10 minute break or something like that. Like you don't just keep repeating the lines over and over again. Give them a break. Let them rest because you don't want your voice actors to lose their voice or God forbid pass out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, yeah, I I tend to agree. You know, based on like I said, if what he says is true, then I I don't think it's unreasonable what they're asking. But they're just they're fighting against. You know, there's a 20 year old contract that up until this point has benefited the games publishers very well, and being large public companies, they don't want that to change. Well, yeah, so, of course. That's why they're fighting this fight. But yeah, honestly, I I think I'm probably on the actor's side based on what's said in there. So it's a good listen. It's about seven minutes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely on the actors, the actor side of this. Usually when there's something like that, I'm on the the side that is doing the strike is usually the ones in in the right on that, because uh, I've no companies tend to try to exploit you as much as possible. So yeah, that's what they're that's what their shareholders tell them to do. So, hey, right. Like <laughs> yeah. so like McDonald's when they you know, they will pay you minimum wage. Um, mm-hmm. When I worked fast food, I got paid minimum wage. And then in November, I would get a 25 cent raise. Awesome. And then in January, minimum wage went up and I was making minimum wage again because my wage did not carry o- or yeah, my raise did not carry over. Yeah, they bumped the the floor up, so they're like, well, there we go. Yeah, I think at one point I was making five cents over minimum wage because of it. Jeez, so, ballin. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> that's that's why I quit and went to college. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Let's talk about another evil company. Mm-hmm. Um, AT&T. <laughs> they the just, uh, how are they allowing this to go through? Well, it hasn't been to be fair. So for those who don't know, yeah, AT&T is has has proposed that to buy Time Warner for eighty five and a half billion dollars, which I can't even wrap my head around how 
that's a number that one can buy another thing for. <laughs> that's but, a lot of money. Uh, that's what it is. Holy shit. So it, just to be clear, they, they've announced the intention to do it. It has not yet been approved or denied by regulators, but this is the telecom. This is the North American telecom sector. It's going to happen. Let's just not mince words. It's going to happen. Uh one big tell we have the same problem in up here in Canada that you guys do there. One big telco wants to buy another big telco, it always goes through. So, yeah, it and it sucks because uh, so AT&T and Time Warner are going to join forces potentially. Um, Time Warner just bought Charter. Yes, they did. So now Charter is Time Warner. Um, Time Warner is going to be AT&T. Like we have Verizon. Um, like we don't have very many, uh, telecoms that you have Verizon Comcast and like, well, this, I guess. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. And yeah. I, 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 we've been over these arguments, not or this discussion in previous podcasts, but I hate the monopoly, the legalized monopoly that telecoms have in the United States and I'm presuming Canada. Yeah, because we have three major telecoms in this country as well, and uh, and it's it's a very similar problem. And they you know, services crap, prices are high, and it may make it impossible for anyone else to compete. So, yeah, here here's another thing, uh, and one thing Trump was actually correct about, surprisingly, but it was about pharmaceutical companies, uh. and um, like he wanted to, he was saying in his in the debate that it, it it wouldn't work the way he thinks it would, but that he would open up borders so that you could like negotiate prices with pharmaceutical companies or whatnot. Um, so that each state didn't have like basically one pharmaceutical company that sold to the whole state. Right. And he wanted to make it so that there could be competition. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with Time Warner and Charter and AT&T and Comcast is that they do not want competition. So if no. Time Warner is already in an area, AT&T won't move in there because that would create competition and thus they would have to lower their prices. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I found that out because I was going to go through, I'm, there's a place here called Ben Broadband. And mm-hmm. then there's also um, Crestview Cable. And in when I lived in Prineville, I called up Ben Broadband because they were laying fiber in Prineville. So I was like, oh, are they bringing internet here? And so I asked them and they said, oh, we're doing business internet. But commercial internet, we're not going to do because Crestview Cable's there. And we don't want to move in on their territory. And I yeah. was like, that's dumb because you have better service than they do so you should just but they they just don't want competition they don't want to have to lower their prices and it's and like with google fiber like they'll start suing people like like google fiber or that city that decided to run its own fiber the companies will sue people because of it and that makes zero sense to me because even if you're doing everything legally, then you get sued for reasons AT&T and Comcast know that they, they know that nothing that is illegal about you putting fiber in there. They just want you to waste money and time 
hoping that you'll back down and not do it because it might hurt their business model a little bit. And it it's yep. disgusting. Yes. I anyway, <laughs> anyway, no, and, so, that's, and that's the thing. Like, like it's funny because back in the in the eighties, they they the U.S. had essentially a monopoly very similar to this, and it was actually through government regulation that those telecoms were forced to all split up. AT and T actually, that was, yeah, that was they AT&T. were they were one of the biggest ones. They were forced to all split up, and we've now reached a point where they're basically buying each other up and consolidating again. And this it's just being allowed to happen, and it's doing the exact same thing that happened then. Uh, except now we live in a thanks to Citizens United, it's now in a, an environment where you know the the these companies have a lot more influence over government than they used to have. So. Right, uh, it's going to be much harder for that that to be defeated again. Right, and it's upsetting, but you know, I the the problem is we can't really do anything. And I know that the whole idea of a democracy is that you can, but uh, you can't. And I don't want to get into politics, but our political system is fucked up. So that's it. It, it has been proven that public opinion has no effect on what bills and laws are passed generally yes uh and it said that only 30 percent of the time does public opinion actually matter when it comes to bills and laws being fact uh passed it's 70 percent of the time it's corporate opinion and what would yeah. help corporations but anyway uh at&t buying Time Warner, hopefully the bid doesn't go through. Um, I know AT&T had this a few years ago with T-Mobile. AT&T was trying to buy T-Mobile, and the government said it would create a monopoly because there would only be three major carriers at that point, Sprint, Verizon, and AT&T. So maybe the same thing will happen with this one. It won't go through because um, it would just be AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon. So since there would only be three major ones, that might kill this uh, before it even begins. Yeah, and the the merger with a, uh, T-Mobile was much smaller than this. So, yeah. but yeah, it, maybe it, I, I I really hope it doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, I don't know because they say from what I've been reading about this, I mean, obviously this is going to allow them to bolster their connectivity business. But I guess this is also the fact that AT and T really wants to compete with uh, Comcast in the content business as well, because Comcast got into that big with their purchase of NBC and Universal and stuff. And, and, and they, can't for- Time Warner, they, own, they own Warner Brothers. Yeah, and you can't so, forget Verizon either. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're trying to all get into this, con, which is funny because they all seem to be doubling down on on buying into stuff like the traditional TV business and that, which is, like, pretty much crumbling so, you know, they, they seem to be desperate to buy into these. We have the same thing happening up here. Bell Canada, which is one of our biggest telcos, bought uh, CTV, which is one of the biggest uh, national networks, TV networks in this country. And they've been struggling with it ever since. They've been constantly laying people off and all these other things because they're not making money at it. And I'm kind of like, yeah, why are you trying to buy into like an industry that's kind of on its way down? Like, I, I don't get it. But right. I don't understand um, how these people think. <laughs> let, let's move on to a happier story. We don't actually have a link down below, uh, but everyone already knows about it. Red Dead Redemption 2 has been announced for everything yep. except for the PC. 
<laughs> yeah, the Rockstar is going to do what they do, which is it will just like GTA Five. It will probably come out later for PC, and just like GTA Five, I'll be an idiot who buys it and beats it on console, and then buys it again on the PC, most likely. And they know it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I did with wrestling last year. I bought it for my Xbox One, and then I bought it when it came out for the PC as well. So, yeah. No, um, I mean. There's not a lot to say about it, I guess, other than they announced it exists and they dropped a trailer, which was basically just of environmental, sh- a bunch of environmental shots that look incredible. Um, they haven't said much else about it, and it's fall 2017, so it's a, basically a year away. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it's a while away. Um, I do like that they are giving, they're getting better at not making us wait for years and years except for with the last guardian which i still think looks like crap um but yeah red like they're they're getting better like bethesda you know they'll announce a game and be like that's in you know a few months it will be out or you know this is like a year out instead of it'll be five years yeah i mean this has been in development for a million years but yeah they are announcing it later at least like a year is still a year but at the same time they're uh, right. you know that that is closer than they've announced other things and yeah i i honestly think red dead might be my favorite game of the last console generation like i absolutely right. love that game so if they can do this as uh, as well but with modern you know modern visuals and whatnot yeah i'll, I'll love it <laughs> right that makes that makes sense i uh played it a little bit and i thought it was okay I know I, everyone loved it, but I I don't know. I didn't really enjoy Grand Theft Horse as much as everyone else did. Uh, eh, you know, taste is subjective. I mean, Westerns are... Uh, that's, and that's the funny thing is I'm not into Western movies or anything like that generally. Like, I don't find that subject matter very interesting. But something about that that world and the, the characters in it just really, really impressed me. I really liked it. Right. I've heard really, really good things from pro- pretty much everyone. Maybe... Uh, when does Red so next year? Maybe I'll be able to play through Red 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 Redemption. Red, red, red I can't speak today. I'm sorry. Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I might play through that next year. Um, you know, more towards the time it's coming out, so I can do a review on it. Yep. Because no, I'm a whore. Sure. I'm nothing if I'm if not a whore. Oh, <laughs> well, that's fair. I even gave you know. out my my uh, cards. My business cards at the convention even though i know nobody's gonna go to my site so well, you never know yeah you gotta uh, start somewhere exactly and yeah. did you know somebody just ended i that was a bad segue united front games is closed <laughs> that's yeah. that's i tried okay no i know segways are tough yeah so anyway uh united front games they made sleeping dogs which was uh, it was it was a sm- more con- more condensed open world, which is the type of games I like are the ones that are open. You kind of get an open area to explore, and you can go around said area, but it's not too open that you get lost and you know confused and lost in the shuffle, basically. Yeah, um, exactly. And so that's like, what this was it. United Front's we interesting. They made so they were a team from Canada. They're from Vancouver, which is one of the reasons I was interested in it. But they made a kind of nutty variety of games. Like their first big game was Mod Nation Racers for the PS3, which was a you know a karting game that had like little big planet style track generation in it. Um, 
And then they made actually Little Big Planet Karting, which is basically that with a Little Big Planet thing on it. Um, yeah, and then they did Sleeping Dogs, which was very different and was originally a true crime game that Square Enix bought from Activision. And uh, yeah, then they uh, they like worked on Disney Infinity a little bit and they did some other stuff. And then they were working on a Sleeping Dogs-like free-to-play game for Square Enix that got canceled. And uh, their most recent project was a neat thing called Smash and Grab, which was like a uh, like a criminal gang, like beat 'em up looter thing that also had like MOBA elements in it that actually looked really cool. I I'd gotten an invic I the the PR company I deal with uh, was representing it, and I was trying to get code for it actually. Um, and it came out in early access, and people were saying, "Wow, this looked really cool." Then they had a free weekend, and then on the Monday they were closed. <laughs> That sucks. Yeah. Sucks. That free weekend was clearly trying to generate enough interest to maybe get enough sales to keep them afloat longer, I guess. But yeah. um, And it didn't work. I guess the, what they were theorizing on the giant bomb cast is that after Triad Wars got canceled, they were in a bad way. And they the mercenary work that they were doing on things like Disney Infinity was probably helping them pay the bills until they could get Smash and Grab done to have their own game that they could start selling. And then Disney infinity got canned. Yeah. Um, and that probably put the final stake in them. It was just probably yeah. bad timing, but yeah, it's, it's a damn shame. It's, it sucks. I really, I really like uh, sleeping dogs. Um, yeah, me too. But I mean, unless you're pumping out games consistently, it's really hard to make enough money to stay afloat. And, and so, they were trying to, and they just got, you know, they got screwed by multiple cancellations, it looks like. And it's just, yeah. unfortunately, you know, the, the line between success and failure when you're an independent game studio is razor thin. And it looks like they just became a victim of really bad timing. And it, it sucks to see people out of work, especially when they're from a studio that's had pretty consistently good stuff come out of it like these guys have. But uh, well, yeah, I like don't think there ever was going to be a Sleeping Dogs too, because the original Sleeping Dogs, like, the people who bought it loved it, but it didn't sell super well. So I don't know if there'd ever be another one, but that's yeah. it. I, I held out hope because I really liked that game. Yeah, maybe one day they'll they'll relaunch the franchise. I really liked it as well. Uh, yeah. I, I think that it really, like they were screwed like three times because Disney Infinity was a good game. Yeah. Um, I didn't I hear. I didn't, I mean, from everything I hear, it was a great, like it was like Skylanders except good. So, mm -hmm. because Skylanders, I've, I've looked at it and it just doesn't look fun. Um, but yeah. Disney Infinity, I mean, you get to play as Disney characters, you get to play as Star Wars characters and yada, yada, yada. But it, it had tighter controls, it looked like. And from uh, everyone I've, I've listened to, it seems like it's just, it's a better game than Skylanders. But it didn't sell very well, I don't think. Or it didn't sell as well as Disney wanted. It apparently did very, very well, but because Disney is so big, like even though it made money, it didn't make enough money. <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah. unfortunately, it didn't quite work out the way they wanted to. And uh, hopefully all those guys find jobs elsewhere or start a new studio or something, because um, I've noticed that happens a lot is a bunch of those guys who were fired, like the Debs, will start their own studio and make decent games out of that. So. Hopefully, yeah. Um, let's move on to actually good news. Um, well, it depends on, on the way you look at it. The Nintendo NX has been revealed. 
They mm-hmm. finally had a reveal video on it. And I'm excited. I think it's awesome. Me too. I think it looks pretty damn cool. Yeah. I Okay, so I hate mobile gaming. Yeah, uh, me too. That's, it, I suck. Like, I can't. I can't get into it, but I like the idea of having this tablet that you can take around with you. So the Nintendo NX, if, if nobody's heard, is turning into the Nintendo Switch, and that obviously means you can switch from playing on your TV as a console to playing it as a mobile device, and you take it with you as it looks like a seven-inch touchscreen. Uh, I don't know. Is it actually a touchscreen? Because they never showed anyone touching it in that video. Oh, that's true. It's a seven-inch tablet. Sorry. But like a tablet-sized screen, but it has controllers with it that you can plug into the side. Yeah, Um, And the controllers can be used either in two pieces as a normal controller, or you can also detach them and use them on their sides individually to have like local multiplayer stuff in front of this screen. Exactly. Um, which is, which is a really neat idea. And the screen has like a surface style kickstand on it. So you can, you know, stand it up easily. And the sort of big selling point with this is that unlike now where you have your Wii U and your 3DS, this is supposed to be one platform for everything. So you can be playing Zelda Breath of the Wild at home. And they show this in the video. The guy and then the guy like his dog wants to go for a walk. So he clicks the uh, he clicks the controllers into the thing pulls it out of the dock and he's playing the same game where he left off on the go yeah i mean there there are a few things about this i am expecting now that most games will probably run at 1080p on the console portion yeah and i'm presuming they're going to aim for 60 frames a second i could be wrong Um, nintendo usually tends to and then um when you put it on the screen, I am projecting that it's a 720p screen. That's what I'm thinking, too. A lot of people were saying it looked like even in this PR video, like certain things happened, like that when, when you switched to portable mode, the uh, um, the uh, resolution UI. dropped and potentially the frame rate dropped, too. Which would um, make sense. It would. And and the thing is, like a screen that size, it's not the end of the world if it's not 1080p, because at a certain point when a screen gets below a certain size, you can't really tell the difference anyway. Right. Um, and I wouldn't mind that necessarily, you know, if it if it had dropped, um, if, if the resolution, possibly even the frame rate dropped a little bit, it wouldn't necessarily bother me that much. But uh, yeah, the concept of it, uh, basically what I said was if this works like it does... It, if, if this thing actually works the way it does in that video, then I'll be totally in on it. Right. And, and I am, I'm probably going to pick this up. Yeah. I'm probably going to get it day one. Um, it, yeah, me it too. looks, it looks awesome. I, I don't even have a PlayStation four yet. And I'm already like, I'll probably get the, this before the PlayStation four because it, yeah. it, well, first off Nintendo, even, they have a list of partners that they're working with. And the, the biggest problem with Nintendo is that they don't have a full list. Like, they don't have a lot of third-party partners that are willing to make games for them. Yes, exactly. And they had a pretty big list this time, including some companies uh, that have not worked with them in any capacity in a long-ass time. Right. And so, so. of course, there was uh, Legend of Zelda was showed off, uh, Breath of the Wild, um, yep. you know, Mario... But also, they shut off Splatoon, 
Um, I don't oh, know if yes. they're making a. I don't know if they're making a new Splatoon game, or please if be making a new Splatoon. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Uh, or yeah. if they're playing like the downloaded Wii U version, if it has Wii U, um, like capable like backwards compatibility, which we'll talk to in a bit. Um, yeah. they also showed off Skyrim, the the HD which, remaster, which I do find. I do find it a little funny in some ways that one of the things that had people so hyped was a five-year-old Bethesda RPG, but at the same time, you know, it does show that that is also a game that even in its non-updated form, you couldn't play on a Wii U. So it also shows maybe that it, it gives an idea of the kind of horsepower this thing might be packing. Yeah, and I think that another thing about it with Nintendo is that that they're kind of showing, hey, we're going to have Bethesda support too. So if there's a Fallout 5, this might be released on it. When a new Skyrim yeah. comes, or when a new uh, Elder Scrolls game comes out, it could be on this as well. And yeah. so that is my hope, is that you know Bethesda games will come out. And also, let's go scroll down to the list. They have a ton. I'm going to name them all because I have no life. So they have 505 mm. Games, Activision, Arc, Atlas, Audio Kinetic, Autodesk, for some god-awful reason. Uh, Middleware. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bandai Namco Entertainment, Bethesda, Capcom, Codemasters, CRI Middleware Co. Limited. Yeah, D that's a big, that's a popular Japanese engine. Another one that, that I was looking through this, DNA. Yeah, which is the company who's developing most of the stuff that Nintendo has coming for phones. Yeah, so I wonder if they're going to allow you to use phone apps on this as well. Be interesting. Um, Electronic Arts, Epic Games, uh, which I think Electronic Arts like abandoned them last time, so that's neat. EA Ep d d dropped the Wii U. Epic has done nothing for the Wii U. I mean, Epic, right. there is some limited Unreal Engine support on the Wii U, I suppose, but maybe that's yeah. what it is, but yeah. Firelight's technologies from software from software yeah, the guys who that are, really got my attention <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit here in, uh from what i was going to say here in a bit uh frozen bite uh game thrust right. grasshopper manufacturer uh gung, that interests me too gung-ho online hamster corporation havoc nt creates the guys who made um gunvolt who are actually gun the they were at portland retro gaming expo um, so yeah. I got to play a little bit of Gunvolt 2 um, on the 3DS. Oh. oh, nice. Yeah, they had the developer kit, which has a cord that you can plug into a TV. Oh, I'm so jealous. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Hamster Corporation Havoc, NT Creates, already did that. Uh, Koei Tecmo, uh, Konami, which, which I... Which is also so, kind of like, huh? <laughs> so I guess, I guess they're going to make pachinko machines for this. So that's pretty nice. I guess uh, so. Level 5. Who I believe are the guys who made Nino Kuni. Yes, it is. Yeah, so they're a good developer. Uh, Marvelous, they're. Maximum, uh, Nippon I Iki. Nippon Ichi. Ichi. They're the very big, popular like anime RPG developer. Okay, Parody mm. Bit, Platinum Games, which are the people who made Bayonetta. Yes, yes, please. Rad Games Tools, uh, Rico Choku. Uh, I don't Sega. Know who that is. I don't know. Sega, Silicon Studios, Spike, uh, Chunsoft, Square Enix, Starbreeze Studios, Take Two Interactive Software, Telltale Games. So that would be nice to see uh, 
like Walking Dead and the Wolf yeah. Among Us and stuff on there. Uh, yeah. THQ. Or the well, the new THQ Nordic, I guess, the right. sort of reincarnated THQ. Yeah, Tokyo RPG Factory, who has made games for the Wii U, TT Games, Ubisoft, which made games for the Wii U as well. You, uh, U- Ubitus. I don't know what don't that, know is. that is. Uh, no, Unity Technologies, Warner Brothers, you know our favorite people. Uh, yeah. And Web Technology Core. So going through this list, you'll notice some, we've commented on it, but there's some weird ones like From Software who make the Dark Souls games and they also make Armored Core. Yes, they do. And that will be potentially mean that they're aiming more towards adults. And if you look at the video, did you see any kids in that video? No. It was all, uh, yeah, it was all, uh, uh, yeah, like, well, basically millennials, people in their 20s. Yeah, which are which the people also, who are going to be buying this thing. Yeah, which it, which is kind of encouraging to me because that kind of means that maybe Nintendo is aiming more for a, you know, more adult hardcore market with this and less entirely family stuff, which, you know, as someone who, yeah, as someone who is in his late 30s, that's fine by me. <laughs> so, and, and, and here's the thing. The, the market that you want to go for if you're advertising uh, a game, if you're advertising professional wrestling, if you're advertising sports, you want to aim for the 18 to 34-year-old market. Yep. Because those are the people that buy things. Yeah. If you're over that age, um, you can basically just go in the grave. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to be mean to you but uh yes, but but fun. so so that's that's the age where people are going to make impulse decisions uh they have money for the first time in their lives they have you know disposable income uh once you get over the age of 34 you pretty much already have everything you want so uh you're a little and and that's kind of the age people start to mature so they, they're not making as many impulsive decisions. They're starting family, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But between 18 and 34, you know, that's that's the market you have to go for. That's why they, you know, that's why wrestling, professional wrestling was so big in the 90s, was because they marketed towards that 18 to 34 demographic. Because yeah. they made a ton of money off of it. And yeah, the family-friendly thing is working for them now but they are not making as much money as they did in the 90s. And Nintendo needs to up you know go up with the times and I think they finally realized that if they're going to try if they're going to be able to, you know, compete with PlayStation and the Xbox 1, they need to put out games that, you know, are like Dark Souls, are like Armored Core, um, you know, Skyrim and stuff like that. They can't just rely on their own IPs, which their own IPs are great and will still sell very well but they will sell even better if they sell you know a hundred million consoles yeah so uh what's your take on this i i've i've been kind of dominating the conversation yeah i i think this thing is is amazing and the, the thing is i think nintendo has learned one thing which is that like it or not and i don't generally but young people right now and i mean young people as in kids yeah, they're playing games on phones and tablets. They're not playing them on consoles as much, which is 
I don't think bodes well for the future of video games, but that's a whole other discussion. But I think Nintendo has realized that they can't make fat guaranteed bank anymore by catering to young people and families. I think they've realized that they have to cater to older, to, they now have to cater to the people who grew up with Nintendo as opposed to the people they're trying to make grow up with it. And I think they need to, to, they need to they need to develop and foster both games and indeed a platform that that works for those people that that uh, is for people who are on the go who have busy lives and who you know who want a seamless way to play the the games they they want to play in kind of any way they want and honestly it's remarkably forward thinking for Nintendo who you know while they make a lot of good stuff has traditionally been seen as this very conservative company that's kind of stuck in their ways this is arguably more forward thinking than anything Microsoft or Sony's done because Sony had you know the PS they have the PS4 and they have arguably they have the Vita but they don't really like you can't play something on your PS4 and seamlessly pick up a Vita and keep playing it Right, you know, it's it, they're still trying to sell you two different things and different games in different places. This is one thing, and you play your game anywhere you want. And uh, yeah, this could be a leap ahead for them. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the idea is really awesome. If they can make it work, it's going to be a massive jump forward for Nintendo, who's traditionally lagged behind everyone else. So I really hope they can land it because yeah, they, they make good stuff, but yeah, like you, I'm, I'm probably going to pre-order one of these. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, and it's probably going to be uh rumor has it about $400, uh, yeah. which is, which is fair. It's a fair price. For um, both a console and a handheld. That's yeah. pretty damn reasonable. And, and I <laughs> hope, I honestly hope this kills off the 3ds. I think it will eventually. I think they'll keep supporting it for a while because it still sells okay, and that is a system that kids still use. But I yeah. think I think they'll keep trickling games out for it, but eventually they'll quietly just let it go away. I want a, the only reason is I want a Pokemon game on the friggin' console. Yeah, yeah, for real. How that's long all- <laughs> have people been screaming for that? I know, like just that's all they had to do to sell the Wii U or even the NX or any system they have. Any system that they come out with, like, think about if they said that there was going to be a new full-fledged Pokemon game for the Switch when it comes out. How many consoles do you think it's going to sell? Yeah. All of the consoles. Because everyone still loves Pokemon. As as seen by Pokemon Go. Yeah. But... Exactly. Uh, Nintendo never listens to reason, or it takes them a long time to listen to reason. So, uh, I'll yeah. expect a, a console Pokemon game in about twenty years. Yeah, and uh, that's that's pretty much all we've got this week. Unless you had anything else? No, not really. That's that's the stuff. I mean, it's uh, that's the thing. There, like you said, there early on, there wasn't a ton of uh, news this week, but most of the news was really big news. Right. And so, so uh, where can we find you online, huh? Uh, so still the easiest way to link off to all my content is geekbravado.com, which is my blog that I have not been updating as much as I'd like, but I'm working on it. Uh, I'm going to do some more stuff soon. Uh, my YouTube channel's been uh, 
a little stagnant lately too, just because I've had so much work and other stuff going on. But that's youtube.com slash pxabstraction. I'm also on Twitch at that same address. And uh, I didn't get to mention this last week, but I'm in full on fundraising mode for Extra Life right now. Uh, where it's November 5th this year, uh, and we have a I stepped up things pretty big this year. We're actually going to be having a huge 24-hour LAN party at my work uh, this year, and we have a team formed and everything. Uh, so I'm still trying to raise that. I have stretch, I have stretch goals, including the thousand-dollar horror game stretch goal, as per usual. So um, I really want to hit a thousand dollars again. I've hit a thousand minimum of a thousand dollars raised every year except my first. So um, I really want to hit that to hit that again. But um, yeah, there's a video on my channel and a thing on the blog about it. So uh, but yeah, that's that'll be live streamed for the whole thing. It's going to be uh, going to be a hell of a thing, I think. Good luck on getting that. I did not donate to you this year because I donated to a friend of mine uh, who goes by Noodle. And um, I donated one hundred dollars to her this year. I I did extra life for about two or three years. Um, but now I, I, I don't want to stay up for 24 hours playing video games all by myself. So I will just donate to somebody and have them do it. Fair um, enough. And, and I'll, of course, I'll support you guys. So either give to Parallax Abstraction or my friend Noodle on, and, and go to his Twitter. You can find everything that he posts there. He, he horse out his, uh, his extra life thing pretty much at least once or twice a week. So, nice. um, anyway, uh, for me, you can find me, of course, everywhere I'm written. So uh, that was one thing that was funny because I, I walked up to um, Allie Flanagan, the the Aus- Australian girl who reviews games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I need to get your we, we need to get a picture together. And she's like, oh, Nathan. And I was like, wait, <laughs> like you actually know what? my my actual name? Because uh, most people when did just, that happen? Uh, that was today. Well, so we were messaging each other on Twitter because I was like, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to try to get a picture with her. And she's like, oh, yeah, come find me. And so she actually knew my my name because I forgot that I put that on my Twitter was my actual name. So the ah. fact that so the fact that she actually knew my actual name was I was shocked there for a moment because I was like, wait a minute. You don't know me. It's just Reeton because everyone knows me as Reeton. But anyway, <laughs> uh, follow me at Reeton on Twitter, uh, Reeton on Twitch, Reeton on YouTube. Um, go to iTunes and press the subscribe button. Uh if you have an iPhone or an iMac or anything, or, or if that's where you listen to your uh, podcast on, we're also on Google play. Uh, you can go, it's called written podcast, not the written entertainment podcast, written podcast and press the follow button. Every new episode, which we do every Sunday, even when I have to drive over four hours to get home from a convention every Sunday, I do a podcast. So yep. uh, listen to that. Uh, you know, listen to it that way. You can go on your phone. I believe Android phones have it built in where you can just go to the Google Music thing and look for Retin Podcast. And of course, we're on iTunes. So if you just go to iTunes and subscribe, uh, it'll automatically be downloaded to your phone uh, over Wi-Fi and you can listen to it on your way to work or something. So uh, please do that. Really helps out. Uh, would really like to hear from people in the comment section down below. Tell us what you think about the NX. Um you know, I would like to. I would like to know what your guys' thoughts are on it. Uh, do you think it's neat? Do you think it's uh, it's a terrible idea? It's going to be underpowered. Uh, tell us down below, and we will hear from, or we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, thanks for being here, Parallax Abstraction. For sure. All right, and I will talk to you later.
Indeedy. Have a good one, guys. Yep. Bye.